Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Each subject of song and each theme was deliberately placed in there to where by the time you get to that last song, that last song is about death. It's about, mm-hmm. basically it's a story of me dying, going to the underworld, me having my heart weighed on the scales of justice and confessing to my sins and then being resurrected as, you know, God on earth or whatever. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dead and Hip Hop. My name is Ken. I'm here with FIFO, BZ, Mike C Town, and we're joined by a special guest, DT of the Difference Machine. What's going on, bro? What up, man? How you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, man, it's chilling, man. Good to have you on the show. Oh, uh, man, good to be here. Yeah. Good to be here. We're a group called the Difference Machine. It's a band that's got a few different little moving parts to it. The core group that performs live is me on vocals, and a little keyboard. Then we got my homie Conspiracy. He does like the sample triggering, NPC beat stuff. Then we got uh, my homeboy Gage Against the Machine. He plays bass. Got drums of death. Obviously, he plays the drums. Mm-hmm. And then a homie Obey from groups like Wake and uh, got an album he's working on with Chuck D. And he got he signed a Chuck D's label or whatever. He's our DJ. So that's like the main five. And then we have. Lots of extra added personalities and stuff that went into like the making of the album. So this new album, like, y'all aren't even a hip hop group at this point. Like, I look at it, I'm, I'm, I just think about y'all like a band. Like, this this album sounds so much bigger. Yeah. Than the yeah. last one. Like the last one, like you said, was more beats and rhymes. Yeah, yeah. This one, it just sounds like y'all sat down and put together like an album. Like, yeah. what's the recording process? How was that different than the last one? Uh, it was totally, totally, totally different. The way we approached this one was, we had a couple skeleton concepts, mm-hmm. but we said we're gonna go and we're gonna do it like real musicians do it. We're gonna go to the studio with nothing and we're gonna make these songs in this environment, wow. in the studio. And so I might have some stuff I wrote, he might have some, some beats, and we go and we, you know, kind of bounce off ideas and then we just start creating. And uh, we, we recorded uh, most of the project with my boy Cyrus, mm-hmm. who's in a band called the NEC. And he is, they're like a really dope psych rock band. And we really wanted that type of touch to our album because we're so inspired by like the 60s stuff, like the Beatles and Jimi yeah, Hendrix and like yeah, you know. Crowd rock stuff. Yeah, like crowd rock, you know, all that. Yeah, can and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So. You know, we just wanted him to put his touch and he has all this ill vintage 60s equipment in his studio, old mics, tape delays and echo plexes and yeah, you know what I'm saying? We did it real analog, you know? Like the only digital equipment in there was Pro Tools. Everything Mm -hmm. else was analog gear, you know? And so we just really thought it'd be helpful if he could put his touch to the recording side of the album. And so we just come, we, we block out Four hours, four hour day here, eight hour day there. We come in, you know what I'm saying, and you know, bring some beers, roll some blunts, mm-hmm. see what comes out. My homegirl Stacy Epps is on like three songs on the mm-hmm. album. She's got a beautiful voice and she's mm-hmm. a real free spirit. So when she gets in there, she can just flow. Yeah, we're not 
being real structured, you know, mm -hmm. we're the most unstructured, undisciplined motherfuckers <laughs> in the world, you know? So, you know, we could bring her in and we got my homegirl Alexa on the keys. It was just real cool, man. She would come in, lay stuff down and, you know, every day we'd have a session with different people coming in and we'd be like, oh yeah, go back to that one joint. He might sound really dope right there. And yeah. then, so that's kind of like how we fleshed the album out and it was just fun starting, starting songs from scratch, mm -hmm. which we'd never done before. It always been based on him giving me a beat tape or whatever, and I'm sitting at the crib, and I'm like, oh, this one sounds good, yeah. I mean, dude, I would write raps before there was any music. Mm -hmm. I'd just be mm -hmm. sitting in the corner while they're doing whatever, and just writing, writing rhymes. Or not even rhymes, sometimes just ideas Stuff, or yeah. songs, yeah, just poetry, whatever. And like, I'd hear something, and then we just try to match it up, you know what I'm saying? So, it was an extremely fun process. I don't know if it was such a conscious decision for everybody else in the band, but mm -hmm. for me personally, I wanted to give the audience something that would reflect what they saw on stage so that they could take that feeling home with them. They yeah. could just pop the CD in and, and get it, you know what I'm saying? So that was like a big goal for me and I feel like we finally accomplished that. Yeah. So by you using like now using a, you know, incorporating a band, you know, in your albums now, do you find it, I guess from before when you were just getting a beat from the MC, do you find it more a little more challenging in a good way for you now, like as an MC listening to the um, band and listening besides just listening to a beat? Yeah, it's like, it's like a um, it can be challenging, but it's one of those like a good challenge. Okay. Yeah, it's like first world problems. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we got the biggest the biggest thing that we had to deal with, and especially mixing this album down, was that we had a wealth of shit, like a wealth of sounds. Yeah. We had to parse everything down. Yeah. And I remember when we finally got it down to like a, a, a consumable you know, amount or whatever, and it's got this huge dynamic change in it where it gets like super loud at the end. Mm. We were just you know, like jumping around. Mm. I know my man Mike, who, who we were mixing at his house, he was like, man, y'all gonna tear my shit up. Like, <laughs> we were just sitting there pushing each other and just like throwing shit and everything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it was a great feeling, you know, when we finally got it to that point, you know what I mean? It's interesting that this sound is coming from dudes in the South. Like, I don't know if you're originally from here or not. I'm from North Carolina originally. Oh, okay. so yeah, I'm South. So you're yeah. still South? Yeah, okay. I'm Southern, yeah. But what was interesting about this album is like, I mean, I've listened to a lot of experimental rap. Like, that was, yeah, yeah. That was my bread and butter. Right, 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 right. You know, but this is a different type of experimental sound. Like, I'm hearing, like I said, crowd rock. I'm hearing even like some noise. Oh yeah, we're all about it. Yeah. Really? So yeah. that's that's why I kind of wanted to ask you, like, who is bringing that? Because I have not heard people. I'm mean, just like Moody Black. There's definitely yeah, yeah. There's mm -hmm. K to I, but I've not heard someone bring like real actual noise to hip hop and do it well since like old Dalek records. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. That was, who who brought that in? Conspiracy has always been about that. Like mm -hmm. he's uh, he's he's known Dalek. He's known Moody Black. He's known yeah. you know all that stuff. Uh, for a long time, he kind of put me up on a lot of it. Oh, okay. And you know what I'm saying? I'm more familiar with the noise of the 60s and the mm -hmm. 70s because I'm just a big record collector. So, gotcha. like anytime people were doing stuff like that, I was all about it. So, mm -hmm. I know about all the old stuff. He knew about the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? The current, the current stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he would just play stuff for me. I'd be like, damn, dude, I never even knew mm -hmm. shit like this existed. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, real kind of hype on it because these people were challenging your ears. Right. They didn't make everything so easy to get. Does that kind of worry you a little bit, doing that style in hip-hop yeah. right now? 
Yeah, Hell especially yeah. where you're located. Like, man, dude, I would love to sit. I would love to sit up here and be like, nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like I was talking to my girl about that shit this morning. It's like, yeah, I could easily be like, nah, we just make this shit for us. Right. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, as long as we like it, it's all good. <laughs> that's what a nigga gonna tell you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's not completely true, man. Yeah. If you really feel like the world should be paying attention to you, mm -hmm. then. You gotta understand how you can bridge that gap. Yeah. You know, and it's a constant, it's a constant challenge for me. Mm. As a writer and just, you know, a creator of music. I feel like we have something so special to offer. Mm. I don't wanna be that dude that's off in that weird no man's land of rap shit. Like I feel like the world should be on this shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want the world on this shit. I wanna take over the world with this rap shit. You sound just like dude from Moody Black. You sound just like him. For real? You sound when I hang yeah, we did that same shit. We did the podcast with him. Yeah. We we were definitely connecting on mm -hmm. on some points and shit about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, this is this is where we're at. You know, we want to take over the world with this shit, man. So it, you're not gonna be able to take over the world just doing shit for motherfuckers in art galleries. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's not gonna that's not gonna pop. I kept thinking to myself like, how can we be true to ourselves but still hopefully have this olive branch to the hood, like, mm -hmm. cause that's why, that's, that's really who I'm making the music for. Mm -hmm. Young black men in the hood. I'm not talking about the shit that they normally listen to, mm -hmm. per se, but my message, who it's directed to, is for people that I feel like need the message. Sure. Not a motherfucker that already knows. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And what we get is a lot of people that already know, so that's some preaching to the choir shit. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the dude that you know, might be caught up in his feelings about this, that, or the third, or is, is trapping, or whatever, and showing them that, yo, there's another way you can do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then we're gonna bring the kids up with that same shit. Like, nah, man, yeah, you might be trap God, but you fucking real God. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. You a real fucking king. So how do you do that, like, if that's just not what they're accustomed to listening to, like that sound, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you really, truly want to reach that, because I just remember being a kid growing up in the hood, like, I didn't listen to, like, a lot of, like, New York shit, because I was just, because I'm from Florida. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I can't relate to them niggas, but then one day, I don't know what it was, I just really sat down and listened to a New York cat. I'm like, oh, man, they... They got. They going through the same struggle. Yeah, like you in your hood. You you don't yeah, know. No, you, you're not. Yeah. That's all you know. Right. That's all you know. So it's really tough. How do you man. do that? Yeah. It's really tough. We get. We all get insulated yeah. in our little worlds. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a hood world or a mm -hmm. art rap world or a drum and bass world or an EDM world, whatever the world mm -hmm. is. You know, I feel like the easiest way I've been able to personally communicate is through mm -hmm. the live show. Okay. The live show is undeniable. It, it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm -hmm. If you see it you're gonna feel it, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? For better or worse, mm -hmm. it's gonna give you a feeling, you know what I'm saying? Positive or negative, it's gonna have an impact. It's gonna, it's gonna hit, it's gonna mm -hmm. strike like lightning. The big challenge has been how to do it with the recorded music, and I feel yeah. like one of the bigger things that was important for me, especially in the creation of this latest album was, this shit gotta knock, this shit's gotta have bottom. Man, Bop we, in the wheel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta feel, we're, based on rhythm, we're yeah. a rhythm section. Exactly. Rhythm section is the drums and the bass. Yeah. So if the drums and the bass are hitting, then you're gonna give people more opportunity to digest everything else that's going on later. What you just said is kind of how, how I, you know, took in the album. Because when I was listening to it, you know, all the rhythm stuff, you know, yeah. I was rocking with. But, you know, I was walking around the house and I put my beats on and I'm sitting here just listening to it and started everything and all the sounds yeah, kind of yeah. come together, the lyrics and everything like that. 
and then right around uh, at, after Alphabet, which mm -hmm. kind of to me seems to set up like the rest of the, the end, the, right, the, right, the close right, of the right. album. Like right when it hit, it's alive, mm -hmm. and that baseline, it's mm -hmm. alive, the one with Pat Lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like right there until all the way to the end, like the album really like hit its stride. Like yeah, it was good yeah, up yeah. to then, but right when I hit that, like there was a certain energy that came to that, and then it just went all the way out and, and just closed it. And, and speaking of Stacey Epps, like that free spirit that you yeah, were talking yeah. to, the way she on that last track, you kind of feel that. Mm -hmm. And it was like that last track really kind of. For a brief moment, allows you to kind of breathe. For a yeah, second. yeah, because it's real intense. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it kind it of really like is. gets to a little, yeah, like a. Uh, there's some more spaciousness mm -hmm. in that in that song. Who did the uh, album cover? Uh, Conspiracy did it. Word. Yeah, he did the yeah. last one too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta come over his crib. He's got these old encyclopedia pictures cut out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like. Some dude, it's like some scientist with a beaker, and then he's got like <laughs> takes like a thing from Qbert and like puts it on there, and just all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? And um, I remember when he was making it, he was feeling all this pressure because he just wanted to be perfect, and he spent like two weeks mm -hmm. of and like we didn't work on any music. I didn't even really come over there. He just worked on that. He tuned everybody <laughs> else out. He wasn't picking up his phone and shit. And he just worked on that cover. You know, I think it's a fantastic album, and I'm sitting there listening to it because you don't really get everything in the first mm -hmm. listen. And you know, you have to listen to this over and over again. And and what I always think is what makes a great album is that you can hear one thing in one song, and then later on you'll hear something else in another song, and you're always discovering shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what I picked apart from this album. You know, and well, just, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. man, because not everybody's gonna give it that many listens. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's gonna run it two or three times, you yeah. know. So I really appreciate that, you know, because that's why we made it like that. We wanted to have replay value, we wanted to have Layers of depth to it. I did want to ask you something before we close it out. Just kind of going back on just you reaching out to that young kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess for that kid that you know that can't get past the actual sound until they come to a show. Right. Can you give that kid like a lyric or a verse that they, that you would want them to hear? It would kind of depend on the kid, but if the mm -hmm. kid was living in a a, a real just red like kind of regular reality, mm -hmm. I'd probably tell them to listen to the first joint on the album called Real World. And it's just about, it's a very brash and in your face mm -hmm. song. And it's like, um, it's got a lot of, you know, bravado in it, which mm -hmm. is what, you know, the kids are into and mm -hmm. shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's still got a lot of like knowledge wrapped up in it. But basically I'm just talking about, you know, I say, um, we're the masters of the universe. They claim to cut the edge, but we're the ones to do it first. In other words, they're not fucking with us. We're all swords, so war is nothing to us. It's the return of the psychedelic. Every single line's a relic from the confines that a mind envelops. These motherfuckers sat by as the crown developed. Not your first try, pressure got your third eye unsettled. Bird's eye view from the highest level. It's not a chance when they all look like ants. I'm in my primal state. And the auto hit harder than a diamond plate. <laughs> so it's like some in your face shit. Yeah. Now I think it'll wake them up. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then they can ride with the rest of the album kind of from that point, you know what I'm saying? But if it was some more like, kind of almost woke, mm -hmm. you know, youth, then I would probably have them listen to, uh, we got a song called Kingdom of Earth, and it's, uh, it's just about leaders that don't do shit for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta realize that you're your own savior. You sitting around waiting for some white dude in a fucking suit mm -hmm. to change your life, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, um, the first verse is about an emperor that just doesn't do shit for his people and just thinks he's 
protected by his moat and his wall. So it's like, um, dear emperor, how are you empowered from a castle on a hill? How far does your reach travel when you're surrounded by gates? A palace behind walls and a chamber with locked doors and your throne has no cushion. A sword with no scratches, a scuffless battle axe, catapults with clean axles, your crown seems fragile. The frowns of these people, the peasants who eat porridge, seeking shelter, asking if you provided a means for it. Given that they feel like they taxed it, you should lean towards it, but how would you know? You never left the palace. If you did, then how would it go? Looking your people in the face, knowing they hated you so. Many disease-stricken who never received treatment make you feel like death's the victim. So many souls weaken and taken before they time. The grim reaper feel like he the victim of a crime. And you sit there in your big chair not caring, pocket full of gold coins and you ain't sharing. So it's just about, you know, the ineptitude of the people that we call our fucking leaders and all they want to do is sit, sit back and eat. You know, I keep thinking medieval like that old <laughs> king with a big ass turkey leg yeah, and shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That nigga ain't never, yeah. ain't never been in no war. His, the axles are clean on his catapults. His yeah. battle axe is unscuffed. Mm. He ain't never really been in the streets with the people, you know what I'm saying? So. That's basically what that song's about, you know? So yeah, if it was a kid that was kind of like more involved with like a Black Lives Matter or like, you know, they just, they see what's going on, mm -hmm. then that would, that would be my song for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.